You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Fighting on shit, I'm living life right now. Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah, you good? Everyone ready? We ready? You guys good? Comfortable with the mics, headphones? All right, let's run it. Let's go. To the OG Podcast, you know it is the highest host, Adam Ill, chilling out right here in the Valley. Shout out to Hayes Radio. Let me come through. I got an amazing show today. I know there's going to be a lot of shit said. There's going to be a lot of passion. We're going to talk about the culture. We're going to talk about the transition of this cannabis industry. I got some uh, amazing opinions and thoughts. Of course, uh, I got... I, I, you know, someone say you're a legend, bro. You've been working with a lot of amazing brands. You're a producer. You're an entrepreneur. You're a dad. You out here. Yeah, I'm most proud of that one. Uh, motiv- yeah. Motivating people, changing people's lives. Uh, you've been through a lot. I'm talking about the one and only Trapzilla's Adolfo in the building. You got a Grammy too? Is that or you were nominated? Uh, we were part of an album that got nominated for a Grammy. Yeah, we didn't win that. That was a Roots album. What? That was a while ago. But, yeah. You got so many accolades. We could talk about it, but there's yeah, so much. A, I'm a normal ass dude. Show to get to also got david with stuck up amazing extracts he's got an amazing story he's also got some amazing pies that he has now one of the real trendsetters i would say of everything we're seeing today in terms of the branding for concentrates at the high-end urban level that was targeting the proper age group that was going to get it yes Um, it was uh his packaging and his ideas and his methods i'd be honest with you influence the whole generation of extract artists and i think there's been a Kind of misconception of where a lot of this information and where this actually has been coming from to a certain extent, you know. But that's why uh, that's why we we, we can get into that, adult. I see you ready to go. Also, we got Chase Youth out here who's going to talk yes, about sir. a lot of tech that's going on in the concentrate game. There's a lot of hash out there. There's a lot of different forms of hash. I know y'all go into the stores and it's like diamonds and sauce and butters and rosin and live rosin and live resin and and hatch resin and people get confused. So oh we my. get and there's a whole bunch of CRC hmm. tech going on that people. Don't know what the fuck it is, but we're going to oh, talk yeah. about it. Stigmas on stigmas. Yeah, we're going to talk about all yeah, that. How about uh, the, the distillate and a lot of the rosin oh, yeah. you see? Yes. When you, when they put in the bag and stuff? That's mm-hmm. another question. Whatever. Yeah, there's a, we we, lear- we learned about that with the whole card epidemic. Before we get into that, I want to uh, thank everybody for tuning in. Y'all could be anywhere in the world doing whatever the fuck you want in your life, and you're here listening or watching uh, this podcast. I appreciate you wherever you're at. If it's in the, the grow room or the car or uh, the shop or at school, you shouldn't be paying attention in class. You should be paying attention to the teacher, but I know y'all be in school watching YouTube and shit you or listening to podcasts learn, uh, at your mama's house, your friend's house, wherever the fuck you're at. I appreciate y'all, and uh, I appreciate everyone who be showing support in real life because you know, I feel like um, there last last episode I had Tim with the secret session and we mm-hmm. spoke about yeah. uh, events. And you know, we, we were throwing one of the longest running weekend events in LA, mm-hmm. and we did the whole transition from uh, the traditional vibe to the compliant market mm-hmm. and all the obstacles and hurdles we have. And he's been through it too. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It was it was an awesome show. And you know, a lot of people see someone doing it and they get motivated, but mm-hmm. they think it's easy because mm-hmm. some people show oh, it's no, so if, easy. If, if people understood everything that went behind, That's I mean, nice not not even to speak to on Tim's situation specifically, but. I, Events in general. Events in general. I think there's a story behind every single person that's involved in this industry that's really had a long-term time here. We have friends. We've personally dealt with situations where we end up in jail. We end up uh, not be be able to produce income for our families in the whole nine yards. And I just... I've seen a lot of people that sacrificed a lot kind of get, like, swept underneath the rug to a certain extent. And that's to fit certain people's agendas, whatever the case may be. But... You know, I think there's a needs to be a better understanding of kind of like how we got to this point of legality here in the San Fernando Valley specifically. But yeah, we are trendsetters in the valley, and let me just say, trap butt tenders, bro. Both of us. We were butt tenders. We were part of a lot of gro- uh, sh- shops and grows. But something about twins, you that bro. that I love is how raw and honest you are. And your Instagram, I think, is the only Instagram who's a Twitter feed because yeah, no. your, your posts are like tweets and I'll you just post. You you know, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. Like, <laughs> yeah. like with, with all that, like, I don't know. I've just, uh, I, uh, to be completely honest with everybody, I think to just be straight up with it, I think it's better that someone just be honest about <laughs> mm-hmm. situations. Like, 
I, I dealt with the kind of mental health issue episode that played out online. You know, I think a lot of people saw it, and, and a lot of people that cared about me were pretty tripped out about the whole situation. But the reality— I checked in. Yeah, the reality of this shit is that some people get— I, I don't know. I guess when I first got into this specific industry, it was, a, it was specifically for medical. Um, my, I had an aunt that had breast cancer, and she was an undocumented immigrant. Sorry herself. to hear that. Oh, yeah, but she passed away a long, long time ago. <clears> but she always kind of stood in the forefront of my mind that she couldn't eat. She couldn't sleep. So, like, when I first got involved in this industry, it was, it was specifically to get medicine to breast cancer patients that remind me of my aunt on my own little personal cycle. When was this? This is, like, 2007. Okay. 2007. Yeah, we opened uh, Valley Patients. I had a good friend. Uh, he's a very good guy. I think he's, uh, he's a little bit confused about our relationship and our— because we, <laughs> we had a little confusing end to our relationship. It happens. It happens. But, you know, like, I got, a lot of, I got a lot of love for Jimmy from over there. You know, like, to be honest with you, me and him really— Regardless of the past or whatever situations might have happened, I mean, me and him really were, we were, we were 21, 22 year old kids here in San Fernando Valley, opened up dispensaries left Ooh. to right. Like, and it was just got kind of crazy because I knew that we were the youngest and only Mexicans doing it at that time. So it got real confusing. Uh, we didn't know what the hell we were dealing with. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. I mean, and to be honest with you, it kind of tumbled on itself, but we learned a lot of lessons. And we, I mean, I think we play a, a very important part in the history of, of legality out here. Yes, because I, I know you were part of a lot of protests. You were a, a part of a lot of court things. You, you donate a lot of money to organizations. But I want to go back a little bit mm -hmm. because uh, you well, went, this, this well, is people, let, let me go back a little bit because you said you started because uh, your aunt had breast cancer. Yeah. How did you know cannabis was good for cancer? When did you? My, my initial introduction to cannabis as a medicine was with my grandmother, actually. And whenever they would find weed on anybody, they would immediately stick it into an alcohol bottle. And I was doing a lot of research. I mean, I got a hold of Jack Herrera books. When Jack Herrera was on Van Nuys, I was actually an active uh, person going to Captain Ed's. Before I was 18, you know, just to be straight up, uh, <laughs> shout out Mike over there. He was a good friend of mine. And, you know, we, I learned a lot of things about cannabis from these people. I was lucky enough to have met a lot of hippies and been around a lot of people like Stephanie Landa. I mean, I spent time when I was very, very young, just been being around a lot of people that really had old school values that really came down. I had her on the show you know, a couple yeah, years she, ago. Some of the growers, yeah. you know what I mean? That, she it, spent federal time for uh, cannabis. Now, a lot of people mm -hmm. don't understand, like before that we had these organized <clears throat> groups and like say brands, whatever the case may be, the, like it or not, there was organized groups that are pretty much based all over California that play a part in our, tri our trip to legality as we see here today. Um, there has to be a lot of respect paid to a lot of the people out in Humboldt, a lot of people yeah. out in Santa Cruz, a lot of other organizations that played a big part in this world of legality, and we really overgrow. There was a website called Overgrow. I think it's still even available right now. The feds took it down a long time ago. But the whole intent and purpose of that was to overgrow the government. And I think we, at this point, we're at and the government took it down. They can't. Mm -hmm. They can't take this away anymore. In California, especially. Like it, that. Like I lived in a time, and you lived in a time where they could take. A, they could have taken this shit away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They wasn't, th there was. They were raiding dispensaries, like, every day. The DA was coming in, kicking down doors. Like, it was like an organized gang just coming to scare you to just it's stop. The it. But the we, we were a community back then. Yes. And we were out for each other, and everyone was protecting, like, the plant because we all had, we all understood the benefits. Like you said, you started cannabis because the benefits you saw. Your grandma uh, yeah, taught you I, about it. And to be honest with you, like... Where I, was the first time you got high, though? I know your grandma wasn't the first time. time. I was, You're from the valley. You, you were I, young. I was like 13 years yeah, exactly. old out of an aluminum foil pipe. With, with who? With a guy named Jose and then my cousin <laughs> Stella, but I don't want her to burn her out like right now. How I, was it? Uh, was it like stress? Was it chronic? Yeah, oh, of course it was some stress. You know, How old were like, you? Whew, 13 years old. Oh, 13. That's right. I'm high. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time in the rave scene around 14, 15, 16 as well. So I was... I was I was exposed to a lot of like uh, things maybe I shouldn't have been exposed to. Were you doing a lot of other oh, uh, yeah. extracurricular activities oh, yeah. at a young no, age? I've, I've I spent a lot of time exploring different like psychedelics when I was at a young age and at an older age. Because um, you had like like I don't know if people know this because I I've known you for over a decade now yeah. and I would come to your house and just hang out just on homie shit. And, like, you would always have people over chilling. And, you know, uh, the only person I kind of fanboyed over that you had over was McConan. He would just be chilling oh, at your house. I remember seeing Lil Pump and Smoke Perp chilling, just you know, hanging out. I see Fat I, Nick just chilling. I'm like, yo. To, like, like, to, to break that down in the simplest possible way, because to be honest with you, like, that was a very interesting time in my life, if that makes any sense. Um, I was in a weird place. My mother had passed away, I would say, around five years ago now. It's still kind of weird for me to count the dates. But when I was in Florida, I lived in a penthouse in Florida. And when I was in this penthouse in Florida, Florida, I was on the 48th floor. And I kind of, like, be honest with you, I moved out there with intended purposes of not 
really like I was gonna live a really crazy year and, and hopefully I died in the process. To be honest with you, why? I was just I, a lot of people don't understand the depression when you lose a parent until they lose one. And you know what I mean? Like it's it's. Uh, I, I, I think a lot of people need to understand like that. That's a very weird place, and you got it, It's important to be there for people to a certain extent, but you got to kind of let people go through their own trauma and, and go through their own like psychosis during those times. Because I thank God for those times because I appreciate every breath. Now I have a beautiful baby daughter, and the last thing I would ever want to do would be to die before my time. And previous to the, those days and that kind of like craziness, I didn't have that perspective. So when these kids were coming around my house. I was the guy from Florida that was friends with them when they were out there. And when they got over there, they needed a place to stay and needed someone to really watch out for them. None of these kids ever died. None of these kids ever got in, arrested. None of these kids ever got themselves in any kind legal of troubles. I made sure that they had the opportunity to excel at what they needed to excel with, with the town I saw That's in front of them, and not to get ripped off by certain elements. You know what I mean? And it, I, the music stuff is, is it's interesting because... That's, I mean, honestly, that's how I yeah, kind of no. formally met you again. Yeah, no, in I started Colorado. off as a house DJ. Like, yeah. I started off as Dolph, and I was like, DJ in ASU and shit. And do you think like that, that was because of uh, your consumption of extracurricular activities? Yeah, well, yeah. At, at yeah like, I, that's how I met everybody. That's for goddamn sure. Because you said you were doing, uh, you were going to raves and stuff at 1450. I remember going to Moon Tribe parties no, yeah. out here. I was working for a uh, resident from Go Ventures for a while as well um, through a good friend of mine named Joy. Um, he used to, and they were also, personally, I know. As well, as well, he's a good dude. Um, I, I think a lot of these people have a hard time realizing that it's me to a certain extent, like because I was to the dispensary world and the cannabis world. A lot of my like represent rep out here started off because I was literally taking the bus, dispensary, dispensary, dispensary. I was coming out on the Cal Normal page. So the second they would post that they're gonna open, I would show up to literally show up the second they posted that, but they wouldn't be open sometimes. So the guys from THC Van Nuys, when they first opened. Like, I, they told me, like, dude, we didn't know what the hell was going on because you were knocking on the door, like, once, like, a day, like, for, like, two weeks straight. Trying to get that set. Trying bro, to... bro, I'm trying to get some weed. I'm trying to go to Hollywood. <laughs> like, that was the problem. I tried to go to the Yellow House. <laughs> Man, I, my first experience with medical cannabis started off with a fake recommendation and, and the Yellow House. That's how that started. <laughs> well, know? there was, like, a cup. There was, like, a handful of dispensaries in, like, the early 2000s. You know, 1996 is when it kind of went, but no one was really having shops. No, so then no, I think no. around 2000s, it started I think, yeah, getting, no. because the price, I remember when I was, uh, you know, dealing with cannabis, like pounds were $7,200, like it was great. What? And then a bunch of dispensaries started opening up, and then the what? prices went down 72, 68, 6, 45, 45 you know, 3, yep. 32, yep. 28. I'm but, like, what the fuck? No, I'm but, done. But I think, the one thing, <laughs> I, think, I think the one thing that trips me out with, with, with that is that we start off the history line of this. I think at a very weird point because previous to this like the yellow house generation of stuff the yellow house was was the not even the first generation there we had the los angeles cannabis resource center that was a building that was actually seized by the federal government and that was in west hollywood so we have already dealt with federal seizure and we already had a wave before then i think not enough respect is paid to the community behind let's say lbgt uh aids rights groups they started this. They did. They Their blood and sweat and tears and passion for this plant is the reason why you have legality today. I mean, you still see Richard And I'll Eastman. be honest with you, it's like weird. <laughs> like, a lot of these sessions and Yelling. stuff, it turned into a weird situation where, like, I don't know, like, it almost felt like it was so, like, it turned into, like, such a macho thing to a certain extent, such an urban, like, branding, that I know that personally, I know, like, it wouldn't be, like, normal for a lot of my friends that come from different environments, like LBGT environments, to even, like, participate into the session, other size world. Mm-hmm. Not I'm saying any open... It turned into a monster. Yeah, it yeah. turned into a monster. It just, it happened with electronic music, dance music as well. It turned <laughs> a bunch of bros and stuff, for, you know what I mean? But I think there's lost a lot of sight on how this actually got legal, and what the vision for this going forward was. And, like, we can have a recreational market. That's fine. But I think there needs to be more respect paid to the medical side of these things. Because not all of us came into this trying to be some black market banditos. Our intention was to follow the letter and intent of the law and not have trouble. That's why we got into this. We all could have just kept on selling pounds in the streets and done that. The reason we put our face and name on everything and risked everything we had was so that we could call the cops. I think a lot of us got tired of our doors getting kicked in, getting robbed, getting stuffed in the safes. Cause I have a lot of experiences like that over the years in San Fernando Valley. And were I, you involved in any raids at the show? Uh, yeah, I could not. Mm-hmm. Raids never happened at my spots. Thank God. You know what I mean? That, that never happened. I, I, I was gone by the time the raids happened. Thank God. You know, thank you for kicking fuck me over on that one. You saved my fucking life on that one. Thank you, brother. Um, 
you know, blessings in disguise to say the least. Let's <laughs> right. just let's just say we, we had a <laughs> we had a, like a little discrepancy in terms of what our business relationship was. I left. Um, they operated for another year and a half or so, but you know they ended in a they ended in a crazy rate in the whole nine yards. And God bless them. You know what I mean? Like, but everybody kind of did at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, I, I remember um, when I was butt tending. This was like over a decade ago. We used to go to classes on what to do when uh, raids would happen, or could, because there was that fear. Okay, couldn't call the cops. So they would. You would literally call the cops after you got robbed, and they would literally just raid you. Yeah, they would just be like, "Okay, well, like, I'll take all this weed. Thank you, and the cash. We appreciate it." It was oh, set yeah, up you- perfectly for for thieves, and I think we're seeing a reemergence of that kind of. It became such a honeypot for people that were thieves to clean, that we literally saw like professional thieves from all kinds of different areas kind of move and target certain markets. And I think who we're seeing getting targeted right now, and it's it's unfortunate, is we're seeing a lot of targeting from out of town customers that come here, and that's the reality of it. If you want to talk about black market, that's just start facing the facts. Of traditional what, market, or, or, traditional market, whatever the fuck. You, excuse my language. Whatever you want to talk <laughs> about that, but. If we're going to start talking serious about this and actually get to a point where we can have something to present to, to the city and to law enforcement in order to get a change regulation that can actually benefit anybody. Legal farmer market. It just needs to be done in a different way. I mean, we don't bet like as much as I love seeing mushrooms at sessions and stuff like that. As much as I love that. I think there needs to be a, there needs to be a certain understanding. That everyone needs to operate at, with cannabis, and if you and continue this market under the medical guise, it, the sessions there like that. I respect it. I have nothing but respect to that. But I just believe we need to have more of a focus on the medical law that was fought for and put into place, and re- getting those rights back that were taken from '64 in a court of law. Because mm-hmm. right Compassion now, Act and all the because reality of it, like we didn't have a problem in California with cannabis. We have a problem with cannabis right now. And that's the issue. We have what's the problem with cannabis? The, the, right problem, now? the problem with cannabis is because we have a certain situation where it's it's very unique in any other industry that I've ever seen personally. Um, what I have found is that the same people that are investing a large amount of money on shutting down quote unquote illegal shops, whatever the case may be, because even though they would like to be given that word of of illegal or rogue shops, the providing of cannabis under Prop Two Fifteen allows for this collective agreement. And I think there still needs to be case laws that need to be put into like that case, like actual cases to get through to have some case law to get to actually through this. But from my understanding, most protections of 215 are gone. And if we're going to start talking about that, that's fine. But when I see a lot of companies that not to throw any names out, throwing under the bus, but I think regardless of what happens at the distribution point through the distributor or broker or from the back door of an actual dispensary, I don't think that. The same people that are trying to restrict the black market openly and are working with law enforcement on that should should really be doing that. At the same time, they're feeding the black market themselves. And so they get a lot of product. At, at what point are they just another street gang? And, and I mean, and I see this and I think that 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 can start the conversation with local government and local law enforcement, because this is the thing. If we really want changes here and we want to operate in a way that's going to keep people protective or at least have some type of protection in court. We have to work with local government and we have to work with local law enforcement. And I don't think people understand that because when we all got into this with the medical stuff, it was to follow the intent of the law. It wasn't to break the law. I I didn't come in this to be a criminal. Uh, As much as people want to say that and they want to have the tow trap zillas, people assume things. But the reality is I've always wanted to operate in a legal manner. In a way that would benefit me and my family long term. And I think everyone involved in cannabis has that same kind of dream. We love this plant. We started off as little pothead kids and look at look where we're at right now. Yeah, it's crazy. When you when you go on the medical, when when they're gonna reschedule it um to a different class, are you wanting them to just go schedule two where it's only uh, medical you, or is it schedule I, to be three? Where you, I'd prefer, I'd pre- I prefer to completely re- just deschedule it. I think it I would agree with you on the descheduling completely, but I think there's too many like opportunists or I think like people right. like to call them chads that would, would see that situ- <laughs> culture vultures. Would, would see that situation and with their corporate money and actual knowledge of like corporate mm. world. That's the thing. When once this started turning into big business, it started reminding me of like lead generation and like call center, like aggressive sales force and weird investment like groups that have gone involved in this. 
this is not your mom. Like we should, the reality. You know what I think? I think there should be a restriction. They should cap size even more. Why not? Like, for, why does why do people need a hundred lights? Why not just have ten and let everybody have a license? And let's compete on, on quality. And maybe it's not a big business. There's, there's What's just... the desire to make this such a corporate big business? Because they love they love taking black market activities, converting black market money, and all of a sudden now we're in a situation where. It's like we should be restricting the amount that's allowed and opening it up as opposed to just letting these four or five people kind of buy up everything as they fall on their ass. I kind of see it. I mean, once it's accepted federally and the banks allow it, I think it's going to be kind of like the alcohol or beer industry where you're going to have the mass corporations that can have like the two bucks chuck. Mm -hmm. Or you can go to those fine craft cultivating brands that only do limited releases and they have those... those exclusive can, flavors. Can I say something? Go right in. I, I really think that the main thing is that since you called it, there's no banking. You right. know, yeah. Las Vegas, they opened up with no banking, and look where it's look where it ended up. They had to actually bring in the banking to solve the system to get out all the corrupt people. You know, no matter how much we love them in whatever our there needs to be some regulation. Yeah, it needs mm-hmm. to be regulation. So when the banks actually came in. And started regulating Vegas and started giving loans to Vegas because they wanted loans just like everybody, Every, a, any business, any business, right? So, and there's money for that. There's money for that. Mm-hmm. So the Teamsters stepped the, the Las Teamster, Vegas got well, uh, you know illegal money from the there Teamsters. So, but to bring <laughs> that up is that there's a whole bunch of illegal money in the sure. white market or the legal market. That shouldn't be there because there's no banking. If there it's was bank, if, if there was banking that. from day one, that we wouldn't be have a lot of these issues right now, because <laughs> all these phonies and chads that do know how to manipulate the corporate system, the banking system. That's what it's there for to make sure that they don't. But have you seen a trend with these uh, big corporate businesses that are dropping hundreds of millions of dollars into? Their brand, and then I, all of a sudden, this is a thing too. Like, they're just not because, absolutely because it's going to be good people, the original people who I think of. I want to say their name, but um, no, I always say the the brands that transition from the from the traditional to the compliant because they understand the quality of cannabis. Absolutely. They're not out here just trying to put out a product based on numbers. The, they actually mm-hmm. care about the plant. Like those are the ones that are going to succeed, and those are the ones who are going to be able to buy people who are fallen. Literally out of for maybe half a penny on the dollar. It's happening already. You know, it, it, it's going to even get worse. People taking over. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And that, but the people I think that will uh, get a hold of all this crooked facilities and money will actually end up in good hands. It's just going to take a lot. Yeah, of and and and, and, ch- and, ch- and the banking system needs to come in effect asap. And Our government is fooling itself, thinking that the banking that well, since, I know. <laughs> since there's no banking system, that it's going to be all kosher and legal. In and- Chad's defense, this is what I will say though: <laughs> if it, if it wasn't for <laughs> Chad, I'll be honest with you, you wouldn't see these much medical marijuana laws passing everywhere. They, listen, I I was around when people really needed to invest in getting this legal in other states, and none of them stepped up. Um, a couple organizations that I was involved with personally. Everyone involved was under the guise specifically that medical marijuana would be the Trojan horse to get mm-hmm. to legalization. And that's exactly what it was. And if it wasn't for Chad pushing that Trojan horse through the corporate door and getting us through that, uh, it wouldn't be there. Yeah, we need to so, lobby so, some people. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's there needs to be some understanding. I think we're at, finally at a point where I think Chad agrees because he's already <laughs> did all his Ponzi schemes, did all the left and right. I mean, Lost that's what we years. saw. We saw financial trickery come into the cannabis industry very quickly. The second yeah. you saw this become a, like stocks and all this other bullshit that's Beca- going It on became right an now, industry instead be- of a community. Mm-hmm. It became a ripe market for every financial fraudster possible to get their money involved in a situation where it was a new market with people that were stupid enough to play along that would throw money at, at bullshit ideas. I was getting paid by lawyers in Arizona they were paying me just getting this Skype group one day out of the week and talk to them for an hour and all they would do is show me like yo these guys are looking for investment can you just tell me who these guys are and their experience in the cannabis industry Nine t- 99.9% of the time n- none but they would create whole storylines their websites would be real great and they were collecting money for it and then they never really had any in- intention I would love to see. We learned that with that big uh, company that just happened what was it Lowell where they had mm-hmm. their whole story and it was all called out and they had like they had a whole bunch of money into their brand. It's, just, God, it's crazy to see that shit happen. 
I think I don't I don't blame the dudes backdooring shit. Like that's what people need to understand. I mean, I'm not I'm not against what you guys are doing, but I just I would love to play a part and make it so people don't have to be backdoor don't have to backdoor meds to stay profitable. Regulate I, the farmers markets. Yeah, they put they put all their money. It, well, dude, people don't get it. Like a lot of these dudes that put all their money into their brands, you guys got to have some respect for what they're trying to do in the legal end because they invest in their everything they have in a business that's backwards as hell. There is not that many profitable brands or companies in this industry whatsoever that aren't working on OPM with other people's money going through an investment. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, like you maybe this dude's getting his like his pay, his salary, but like the business itself probably isn't even doing good at all. And that's the reality of it. People are like they're backdoor. I, I understand you're, you're you're recouping your investment. You're making social security for you and your family. I don't blame you. And the companies that are money, making money uh, legally in the white market are very. Like, not upfront about it. So we're not that sure exactly how good they're doing. You know? Right. So that's one of the issues. Trickery. Yeah, there's... Just like the hash world. So, trickery. So, like, in the real business <laughs> world, there's no, like, model to be like, oh, no, everything's based on numbers. Here... You know what I knew it was... This got weird? I had a friend that I used to, I used to be really involved in, like, call center leads, like, generation stuff like that. I worked with a lot of MLM people. And when a lot of these What's MLM? Uh, multi-level marketing organizations, okay. the classic pyramid scheme people, when those people started opening call centers that were specifically targeting cannabis investment, I knew, okay, this is about to get real fun. Real, real fun. Marketing all around. It's, it's just marketing now. It's, it's, the, it's like, it was we're, like a crypto. And we're seeing it with extent, CBD you know too mean? now. Like oh, there was no. that CBD, CBD craze and now there's a decline of CBD demand because- mm -hmm. Everything has claiming they have CBD and there's no CBD in it. It's yep. just like a marketing term. It's just hemp, hemp yep. oil. Hemp, no, no, I'm, hemp I'm, seed I'm just, oil. I was gonna yeah. say, with all due respect to CBD, we bred it out of this plant. I had a good friend in Colorado. Um, he was a really good friend of mine. Uh, I don't remember his name. It was David, last name Siles, out of Denver. But he used to tell me, like specifically, he's like, we bred CBD out of these plants for a reason because THC has such a stronger effect. Now, I'm not going against any medical like practices. Or I don't. I'm not saying like fuck CBD, but Fuck all you guys selling CBD, to be honest you, because you're a bunch of fucking bullshitters and you've been preying on the fucking sick Sheesh. and with these bullshit-ass medicine, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You've never done any type of studies that's proven shit. You got like three or four actual medical studies that can actually back it up. And if you would actually do the research on the studies, it involves such a high dosage of CBD that's what's being put out there is complete and utter bullshit. Yeah, yeah that's well it's put. trash. Yeah. I feel like you need the entourage no effect. Fucking sense. You need like the whole plant. You Absolutely. can't just use the oil of the seed. What the mm -hmm. fuck does that have? You're an MLM salesman. You're creating a product so you can sell not the product but the dream of selling that product more. Yeah. I'm about to release some Classic CBD scam. though. I'm about to release a CBD. I would scam. love you or to. Or a, a CBD product. Why the fuck not? I mean, I've thought about it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would trust your CBD. I mean, we got that CRC shit that's happening now. I mean, oh, okay. well, that's what I was saying earlier. The hash world, like yeah. we're saying yeah. with this shit, like Smoke the hash, the especially being at uh, these events all the time, like. Yeah. You know there's dirty shit out there, and all of a sudden there's all this white stuff that's showing yeah, up. And, like, and Chase has a really long background with that kind of stuff. He's an independent consultant for mm -hmm. a lot of major brands, you know, all the NDA shit. People don't want people to know that people are working in certain places, so you know, we're going to keep that to low. But I think you can <laughs> kind of hit to him to get us an idea of what the hell this CRC shit is and what you should be worried about and how it's done and just get a basic overview. Um, he's really active on the Future 4200 forums. I think those dudes are really Shout cool dudes. Dustin. Yeah, that, that dude's fucking cool, bro. Like, I want to go mm -hmm. one of his weird, like, lots of land and just go on, like, a three-wheeler and go chase some cows. <laughs> you got to come to a Good Life Gang meeting. So I want to. Shout out to. Good Life Gang, too. Good Life good Gang. Good life we out here good living people, good life. Good people. Yes, sir. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, like I was mentioning earlier with the hash scene, there's so many different types of uh, uh, forms of it as far as, like, the stability, the consistency, the type, THCA, uh, diamonds, Sauce, lives, diamonds, butters. Mm. Look, I, I made some special. I think I'm the only person in the world that does this. I know for sure I'm the first person to ever do it, but I don't think anyone else has done it. I have backwood rosin where I roll up a backwood and then I, I squish it. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot of medical. <laughs> That's actually genius. And then, yeah, dab. I mean, I'm a, I'm a backwood smoker, but I also dab. Yeah. So, here, check it. it out. You want to look yeah, at yeah, it? Smell yeah. it. No CRC. Well, and it, and can I believe we... there's medical properties to tobacco that haven't been explored. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, it got that's bastardized true. by a big, big pharma. I mean, it's a natural plant, but I'm sure there's some shit to it. But well, uh, there's Mayan things that talk about tobacco and shit like that. It's considered a sacred plant. You want to try it? You know, you know, you yeah, want to try I, it. Yeah, I do. Actually, I got the man. connect here. We can make it happen. But uh, real quick, uh, to me, what CRC when I look at concentrates and it's like super white or it looks fresh, I'm like, yo, yeah. CRC. <laughs> 
And then uh, people are like, what's the... All I know it is it, it's like a bleach for the product where it lightens it up. And sometimes people do it too much where it's like white, like mm-hmm. paint chips. It looks like the wall or... What is the actual process is a better question. What does it stand for? Uh, you know, I always thought that it came from, from color remediation chromatography, but it really just... People call it color remediation cartridge. That's it. Because you're adding a cartridge onto the, the closed loop system. And basically, it's it's classic chemistry. We've been doing it for almost probably two, three hundred years. It's called chromatography. And, and what is it usually used for? Now, a lot of people do think that it's bleaching it, which it's it's technically it's not. You're sending it through. I, I mean, it's actually a good process. The this, filter? Yeah, you're just sending it through clays, and these clays are so porous. They have the the, the tiniest uh, porosity to them. It's it's measured by angstrom sizes. And so you send it through it. Uh, Can you dab off the clay? Like if you heat it up, it's so you know, porous. I don't know. Does it maybe. leave anything on is the that oil that's coming out so at the end of it? Let's let's think about like a golf ball of this clay. The the surface area of that golf ball size of the clay is is about the surface area of a football field. Sheesh. So you send stuff through it, and it's gonna catch on oh, wow. to. I mean, that's that's a. Football and what is it field. catching? Just all the foreign the, particles. When done right, it's actually a great process. It, it does just just take the undesirables, like like the heavy metals, pesticides, pigments, which is the color. So CRC based oil, even though it, people consider it like some type of scam. So it makes it better. People, a lot of people don't know what they're doing though, and they just throw a ton. They they, they go and ask around and. You know the the common knowledge people don't really even know the right clays to use. They basically it's it's safe to say that they're bleaching it. It is safe to say that. But even though that is a little bit incorrect, I, I mean, it's you know it's just like distillate. so the cartridge just has clay in it, and you so, run it. Yep, yep. And you run the mm-hmm. you run, the product run the solvent through the material first, and then you can do a de-wax or or you could just run and do it. they do that with distillate too? Is that like so distillate? Mm. What what all this came? Because I know was, there's some dark ass crude out there that yeah. I've seen people run through, and I'm like, e. Are you familiar with Delta Eight? When when people run it in the in the flask with with uh, I mean it comes Is out that where wa- it's all like spinning? Yeah, water clear distillate. Uh, I mean, have you seen that? Where it's basically it looks like water. It, it, it's it's as bright as this, it has no piss yellow property to it. And back in the day, that's that people were adding these clays to the the flask, the the short path distillation mm-hmm. flask. And when you do that, that is that is actually bleaching it. Like, mm-hmm. but it's just catching. Is on it adding those, anything, it? or it's just taking? It's really not, but it is motivating people to use very terrible starting material, and and you know they're basically cleaning up. A is there a difference in quality at the end of the day when it's really broken down to that kind of level between the THC yeah. and CBD? It and depends on if you're testing it. You know, I mean, if you test it, you can find some of those things that will make it through when you're using terrible uh, quality. So, so by terrible quality, we mean like pesticides, like, PM, yeah, mold, PM, yes, exactly. bugs, spider mites. Like three year What's old the, garage. I'm trim. not that familiar with the laws of 64, but. Are they allowed to clean moldy material and turn it into distillate? If it tests clean, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure the end test is the main. So they're allowed to do that. So yeah. it's safe to say that a lot of these companies are taking their moldy material and cleaning oh, yeah. it. And I, going from I, 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 I don't know. Hold I don't on, know. One of the trap. Very, one of the very first companies. But if it final product tests clean, I'm sure they don't care where it started from. Right. Yep. But I let's do. not say that everybody is doing that. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. But. Uh-huh. But one of the, what, one I love of you. I love you. But the, the people who are <laughs> doing that are painting us all with the same brush, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the the people who are using these dirty tactics, I, they're also offering the service of cleaning up anybody's material. They're saying, "Hey, you got moldy material? Hit us up. We'll do a split. You know, we'll do. Jesus. We'll, we'll collaborate. We'll clean it all up for you." So there was this whole cart controversy going on, uh, and. Vacate. And they were talking about vitamin E, and they were adding all this yep. shit. That has nothing has to, to do with CRC. Yeah. Is that a whole different? No, that's a whole different beast. And and a lot of that came from like the tobacco industry uses vitamin E acetate just as much too. So so mm-hmm. someone was just like tobacco industry does it. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, was... Exactly. But yeah. they didn't know it's, that. It's, so here's another thing that people but is are that starting... propaganda or is that shit really happening? Because I've a been smoking. Bit of both. Look, I've been smoking weed for probably over two decades now. Mm-hmm. Right, and I'm sure that we I've been smoking, especially growing up in the valley, being out here is full of PGRs, full of pesticides. Shout out Harley work with the PGR. With those PGRs. <laughs> it was probably full of all these uh-huh. oh, ingredients yeah. that I didn't know about because I was just a kid on the street oh, just getting weed. What we and like day. we're fine for now. I mean, you know, maybe we'll get some issues in a little bit, but <laughs> now I see these kids just hitting these vapes and they're like, "Oh, I can't breathe. It sucks. I'm sorry, it's fucked up." But mm-hmm. is that shit really happening because of cannabis, or is that just bad? 
products from bad China. Practice, bad practice altogether. I mean, overconsumption. It's there's there's so many different things that can go into it. To me, from, it's a, to me, it's really about cutting corners too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You know, yeah. people uh, know what to cut it with. That's the bottom mm-hmm. line. Well, now and now there's a cut to the cut to the cut. Yep. Now people are using you know, uh, pine resin to cut like, like normal sauce. You know, to get di- those terps. Mm-hmm. That's why I stopped smoking distillate in 2017. I was over it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're smoking now. Either. I can't. Even no, with the diamonds. Give me the flowers. Even the diamonds. You, you don't know. Like a lot of people, I, I won't say names, but they do add things like Delta 8, pine resin, mm-hmm. and a few other things just to weigh it down. No. Uh, Damn. Artificial terpenes. You know, well, artificial terpenes is a And is that shit, once real science got involved, I think people, like, there's... These industries have like already done it. I mean, corn oil is black, and they turn it like they turn yep. it like we just, blonde. We took that process from from cleaning up beeswax or cleaning up oil. You know, like yeah, like, like food grade. Oil. Yep. Mm-hmm. They to food grade like vegetable oil. It comes out really dark and mm-hmm. murky, and they run oh, it through these machines. It's yep. black, so, black tar. So they're using food. this like FDA approved. Even wine too. Wine gets cleaned up with a lot of the processes that we use for for cannabis too. Yep. <laughs> See, that's why I like to go straight so to the it's, source. It's almost like cannabis when they use the same practices of other industries get get the shit in the stick, but the other industries that are using the exact same pra- practices receive no flag whatsoever. Well, it's like you said, it's cutting corners. A lot of people do come in, and they, they try to use these processes for evil just about. I mean, you know, it, it's safe to say. I also feel like cannabis is not an industry. It's like a, it's a culture. It's a, culture. It's a community. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought it was dead. We, we, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, Trap. You know, that's what it used to be. I remember people used to, like, you know, show each other's their strains and be like, look what I got, look what I just grew, this is great. And then I it turned it. into like egos, like I'm the only one that has this, this is my shit, fuck you I'm guys. Be the next Budweiser and cannabis. And now you got all these like people just white labeling other people's grows and claiming they're the best, even though they have all the same shit. And it's like that's this, one of the things. This that, industry turned into a circus. Yeah. I say this a lot because there's so many clowns out here right now. That, one of the things that, that scares culture scares, is just one thing that scares me about the craft brewery, like kind of like a comparison. Is that in the alcohol industry, when you're a craft brewery and you start catching any type of, like, fire in terms of your brand, you get bigger, you immediately get purchased by one of, like, probably, like, three or four large corporations. Yeah. Um, so Exit it, route. It, so it's this, like, illusion of ability to enter market where no matter what, at a certain point, you're going to get somewhere where you're going to hit this ceiling where you're going to have to sell to a major corporation, and it's just how it is if you're going to do it. Unless you become that big and can handle it yourself and go on Shark Tank and get a no, little investment. No, you can't compete with the banks. <laughs> good, luck, good luck with the banks. Just good yeah. luck with well, the banks. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, and that's what we're dealing with now. We're dealing with real the federal, bankers. The fre- you know, the, yeah, like, it's banks are FDIC. And, they're federally insured. Cannabis mm-hmm. is not federally legal, so it's hard for brands exactly. to do it. And that's why there isn't a lot of corporate money in here. We just got a lot of it's hedge right funds and a lot of like investors coming it's in. It's a lot of the advantageous investors. I met a lot of these kind of dudes when they were first putting like ATMs Inside yeah. of dispensaries when like 2007, 2008, I saw this wave of people coming in and they were high risk merchant account people specifically would even allow these companies like these dispensaries to charge cards. Now, the merchant accounts, those are the same people that I met when I was running call centers and we were doing some pretty interesting rebuilding tactics on different products. So like these dudes are used to offshore accounts. They're used to being able to hide money. And I think that's when things got to get really interesting with with terms of people identifying this as a market to come into and commit a lot of financial crimes in a place that what didn't really see. I think when we see that with that one organization in Chicago, uh, I think I saw something about it in regards to them charging a bunch of people trying to learn how to like start making money in the medical marijuana industry. It's all this Ponzi scheme, business oh, opportunity, yeah. MLM bullshit is sneaking its way into the cannabis industry and a lot of major figures are playing along because they're getting booked to host or they're getting booked to, to speak or they're getting booked to whatever. I think a Brands lot of people, built around them. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are playing along with the exact people we don't want to play along with them and, and no no disrespect to them because honestly right. everybody mm-hmm. want everybody got to eat. You know, I mean, it is what it is, and you know, I mean, take the opportunity where it is. But I think a lot of us find ourselves, and I think that's why people have a lot of confused with me and why I haven't really stepped into starting a brand. Have I had a million opportunities to work with people to get my branding and my genetics? And you've been teasing us a lot, Trap. <laughs> well, this is the reality of it. I we just, all do it, though. I just know, I just know better than to enter a market right now and fail, because then it's over. 
I've seen a lot see, of crannies. I have, I have built my brand and I built my respect. And you know what I mean? I, I, you got hype. Let me tell you, when we used to do events and used to DJ, used to come with like a slab. I loved it. I used to I come with like a, like a pound slab. Like I got this and popcorn I, in front of me that, and just throw out like, here guys, everyone get high. I was giving out pounds of oil, bro. Like you can't even do that anybody anymore. was really sick whoever came to my booth when I was yeah. really doing things, they even paid a dime yep. at the end of the day. No, I, I'm here, for, to be honest with you, like, that's, that's why I don't like a lot of people. It's not that I don't like a lot of people in this industry. With all due respect, if I saw a business opportunity that presented itself like this, I would take full advantage of it as well, just as just as a businessman personally. But the reality is that we have a lot of people that spend time in jail, mm-hmm. have yep, that's dealt sure. with a lot of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And to be honest with you, all of us that were involved in a lot of things, we would have one friend go to jail, and all the rest of us that were also involved, and not to incriminate us or any, ourselves or any like, we let a lot of our friends take the weight and burden of large sentences and none of us paid really took that loss. And I think a lot of people that survived from that original crew that was out here really building things, a lot of them hide behind their desk in the back of a security room for a reason. Because to get to a to, to be from my era of this and still be involved in a legal level and really be huge, I'll be honest with you, you had you you had to have bounced back like five, six times already. You probably did a couple sentences. You probably really Spent lost a lot of a money lot. on lawyers. Oh, no, bro! Like, dude, like a lot of, a lot of people. Like the guys behind the Dizzy OG. Those dude, those brothers, man. I known that family forever. They were they were the one of the pioneers of just building shops. You understand? Like when people were first opening shops, that we needed people that didn't give a fuck to come in and open up every fucking where to the point where it got so confusing for law enforcement. Like we can't just hit one because now there's eighty of them. And the more and more there were, was the more open this city got to regulation. So like it or not, the legal, I think the original dispensaries, really how you want to call yourselves, you know what I mean, or whoever you bought that permit from, because I'll be honest with you, I've seen these faces, and I don't recognize you guys. I don't remember you guys from the first Glacko meeting. I don't remember you guys when this was really a protest movement. I don't remember these faces. I, like a lot of people have either gone to jail or they ended up being federal informants for cases that they got themselves mixed up in or all kinds of other shit. But I don't recognize you guys. And, and I, to be honest with you, no one could look me in the eye and tell me that I, that I shouldn't recognize you if you're really going to have a position of influence in this industry at this point. I mean, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears got put into this. It's, it's not right. It, a lot it, of the marketing psychology is coming in, like the marketing psychology tricks. And, and I mean, because we, we've learned a lot about how to market. It's fucking psyops. Yeah. A lot of these troll accounts that happen online, all these reporting accounts, um, I'm not going to get really too in detail with a lot of those accounts because to be honest with you, at the end of the day, like, there's a lot of motive behind a troll account. <laughs> and I think it's a lot of people don't have the full information a lot of, of stuff. Like when we look at things like the blacklist or anything like that, mm-hmm. when you see some shit on there, you have to understand, like at the end of the day, there's always going to be two sides to a story. There's three sides to a story. Or four or five, maybe three, three. six or seven. Three. The two you know parties I mean? and then the truth. You know what I mean? Like, and it's... It, it's, a, it's a long discussion and there's a lot of back and forth with that. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you end up on there, you're not a professional criminal at all. Sure. And there's probably a really interesting storyline behind that. And who's to say who's right or wrong? But, you know, I think it's important that organizations like that are out there and are doing what they're doing. Do I agree with it completely? No, I don't. Uh, is it any of my business? No, I really don't give a shit, to be honest with you. Because if you end up on there, you're not really doing this. If, if that's what you want to do, brother, like you're not doing it the right way. Yeah, yeah. There, there's like a malicious way to do things, and there's like a factual investigative way to do oh, things. It's pretty obvious, And sometimes too. a lot of these uh, troll accounts, they just want to post shit for controversy and not really fact check and just cause cause a bunch of shit and they feel like they're bettering the industry by releasing but they're just causing more bullshit like i said earlier on the show it's because they start getting personal yeah like i said earlier on the show like it used to be a community but now everyone's just like has these egos and they want to be like the first or the best or want (laughs) to be like the ones to make it happen and and they just post opinions and don't really post facts and if they're trying to be a legitimate source they should uh likes and stuff like that attention you know what that controversy Mm -hmm. just like this guy with his with his twitter Instagram every fucking day you'd be posting yeah uh, your opinions on things yeah I need to and it's, and it's it, more of a mental diary and release than anything else I mean, I'm not I'm not making any money off that shit I mean I wish you guys could pay me go ahead pay me what you want <laughs> start to a cash app be one you of those you know what it is it's just go fund it gotta understand like <laughs> some of us live our lives in uh, in like hopes for financial glory but I'll be honest with you like I've made millions of dollars in my life like you know, people like to like 
think that I'm just this crazy fuck. But to be honest with you, like I have a background in call center management and lead generation that took me all over the fucking world in terms of talking to people in business conferences in the whole nine yards. So like I have, I left this cannabis industry because it, it treated me like shit and left me in the gutter. And this is like around 2010 to 2012. And this is when I end up in Phoenix and I open my call center, do all my call center shit out there. And I felt betrayed by the cannabis industry, to be honest with you, because, dude, like, like you were, a lot, I think a lot of us felt that. Like, do you, you feel like shit. Like, it's just weird. Like, you really feel like shit sometimes. Like, it's 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 depressing. I remember it used to be at uh, the protests and used to go, like, when a shop got raided, used to pull up to the shops. Yeah, no, we used to, we used to bring product to the shops that got raided or robbed. Other dispensaries in the area used to come and hook them up. Like, say you're good, bro. Like, you need anything, you need any help. Like, we're now, in this together. You know what I mean? There was a collective unity to this, and it doesn't exist anymore. Sheesh. There's a lot of uh, toe-stepping and head-hunting oh. going on. And, and oh, like dude. I said earlier, it's like, uh, you people know, people out here paving the way and trying to make it look easy, and everyone's just hopping on it and not giving a fuck about the people who uh, uh, I think did it before them and, I think and don't understand. I think we those robberies in downtown, I mean, with a lot of these situations. Let's be, let's be real. Uh, the downtown broker scene is the wild, wild west of brokerage scenes I have ever seen in my fucking life. You have people that are operating on Snapchat and they're meeting people up. <laughs> What's that? To, to like, to yeah. like, to like do like hundred pound deals. And it's just like. Why are you snitching? You, it's not snitching. It's not snitching. Snitching is in a court of law. And snitching involves two people that are part of organizations that operate under a certain code. I, to be honest with you, I came in this to not operate under the code of street organizations. I came in to operate a legal business in a legal environment and not have to deal with that bullshit anymore. My family comes from that. My uh, Like, it's not, I'm not real proud to say it. But, you know, like, my uncle, like, is responsible for a shitload of the heroin that ended up in California back Oof. in the day. So I, I'm not new to this shit. You know what I mean? And, like, and I think the reality of this shit is that it's just a lot of us aren't new to this. When they speak of, like, social equity or whatever the case may be when it comes to licensing, they always start bringing up, like, crack dealers from back in the day. And with all due respect to Ricky Ross and all the family over there, you know, they're good fucking people. Like, they really are. But when they're talking, this is why I have an issue with the BCC and how they address social equity. When they're talking social equity, they're not thinking about my buddy stuck up who spent a year plus in jail or any of my other friends who spent a year plus in jail. They start talking about the drug war. And the reality is I, I was never selling crack. They're going to be like, what do I have to do with that? We Everyone who got into this cannabis industry was for cannabis. If we're going to talk about social equity, let's look who actually has blood, sweat, and tears and spilled blood in that world as opposed to like moving it to over there because it makes no sense. Like, why do I, all the, the shit that we did and we sacrificed, why is that going to go to someone that has a base, you know what I mean? Like, to like crack dealers and shit like that. Like, I don't want nothing to do with them. And that, that's all due respect to them. And I know they're probably involved in CA, whatever the fuck that is. You know, good, more power to you, bro. You know, none of my business. But I just don't think they have a place <laughs> in cannabis. Like, I think this has gone to too much. The whole drug war, like, in terms of getting, like, shit back from what that, that shouldn't all be on the back of cannabis. That doesn't make any sense. When you it comes I mean? to cannabis, though, I don't know if the real war has even begun. Because That's what true. about once it gets federally, you know, uh, legalized, and then now Philip Morris come in and Monsanto and you know they already trademarked all the strain names too. Right. I mean, they own that shit. How do you trademark something that's not federally legal? That's sort of names, names, yeah. names, names, names. Yep. names. Mm -hmm. So like Kush. Mm -hmm. They Granddaddy Purple. Not only that, but a lot Super of Super Silver Haze. They, they own the trademarks to almost all the the somewhat popular brands. They got, would Would you say there's a there's government organizations that consistently stay like 25 years above in security and other things? Would you Would it be safe to say that there's some type of federal organization that is 25 years plus ahead of? what we are seeing in the world of extraction in terms of marijuana. And I guess what I'm saying is, do you, do you believe that there's any type of research being done internally in government agencies regarding cannabis that are not being disclosed and are out of high importance? Because from my understanding and from research that I've done on my own, I really believe that they've probably found a cured cancer and cured AIDS and everything mm -hmm. else, and it's not economically feasible. Not to be like... Do you think <laughs> how that, much money would well, they the, lose? A lot of people don't understand the state of Arizona. There was a right. sheriff's office in Arizona that has a fully functioning lab. 
Absolutely. They they are taking, they are t- will they ex- ex- in Arizona lab, when they grab lab. if the sheriff yeah, grabs yeah, your weed, he's gonna take it to the sheriff's lab yeah. and they're gonna make that shit into distillate. Now, is that ending up back into the Arizona legal market? Who am I to say? Damn. Who am I to say, right? Who am I to say? But the reality is, is that if you do your research, this is public knowledge. It's it's publicly being discussed. And it's the reality of it. Trap is going there. Because it's, it's it's the truth. We could you talk I mean? for like, another hour <laughs> and you could keep going. I think you need to smoke more weed. I got yeah, some man, backwood rosin. I got some uh, Skittles rosin here. Well, yeah, Not, yeah, none of it is CRC. None of it is CRC. You know, now that I'm from Chase, it sounds like the CRC shit's safer than a lot of the shit that was out there before. (laughs) Chase, what's what's safer to smoke? Some CRC-based stuff or some random shit made with some dude with the open blast tube in his oven? Uh, it just depends on who you get it from. Depends the on the starting quality. But, yeah, the CRC could be. Well, let's say, but let's say the CRC was clay. Like you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then Trap's the CRC, going there. 1,000%. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's the reality. Don't think CRC you're getting defrauded. I mean, you might, get, you might be getting something Well, look, this is before. clean flour, and mm-hmm. it's in a backwood. Andrew stepped back in. Hold on, Andrew. Hold on, hold on. I know we got Andrew's in the room, so I know the show's almost over. Mm-hmm. But you want the backwood rosin or you want the sauce? Where's the dab tool? Well, need a dab tool? Didn't you have a dab tool? Where did it go? I, I had one earlier. Yeah, rest in peace. Where's the dab tool? Well, I got this. I remember I got this. I cleaned well, it thank for you. you. Brother. Wow. Thank you so I remember, much. Uh, yeah, you know, a... during your time with Riff Raff, yes, uh, I found it. I found it in the bottom of your drawer, and it was super dirty, so I, I had know. to go clean it and I get it. So I if you want it, you, you can have it back. If not, I'll, I was going to wear it today during the show, but you can have that back. It's back. The power's it's clean. It's chilling. I know we could talk for another hour. Trap, you have so much to say, and I appreciate you coming through. Thank we you, could brother. do a part two later. I I'm know there was it. so much more we could talk. David, stuck up. I appreciate you. Oh, my pleasure, brother. Anytime. Chase Youth. Likewise. I, I got to remember it. it. What? The CRC Tech. I appreciate all you guys coming through. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Don't forget about the popcorn. You can go get it right now at the mall, Topanga Mall, or online. Uh, shout out to LA Kush keeping us high loaded. You already know. Thank you. Shout Kush. out Matt River. Uh, shout out your Instagram. Shout out your shout website. Out shout out anything you want. Trapzillas. Uh, yeah, Trapzillas right there. And uh, I think we discussed I'll, a lot of things we need to discuss. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much more we can talk about, oh, but yeah. I appreciate you. Thank oh. you, David, for suck up. Uh, I oh, think my. a lot of people don't realize how much you sacrificed for this, and I love you very much. I want to know we all appreciate everything you did yes. over here. You know what I mean? Chase, thank you very much for, for letting us know everything you did it. as well, yep. brother. Absolutely, guys. Yep. What you got in your hand? Uh, one of my pies from an upcoming burger chain called Stuck Ups. Okay. We're yeah. going to take some dabs off the connect when we get the dab to. I appreciate all y'all tuning in. I'm going to eat some of that pie. Pause. Uh, appreciate all y'all. Shout out to everyone in the studio. Thank you, bang, Andrew. Bang. Uh, y'all, go check out the old episodes if you haven't checked it out. Uh, I'll be in Europe in uh, March and April, so check out the social media to find out more about that. The European tour. Appreciate all y'all. Uh, oh, I'm about to get on the line. What? 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 About the, the what? Get higher. Appreciate all y'all. Let's go. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Peace. Bang, bang.